It's time for the Victory of the Light Radio Show with Rob Potter. You can live 2,000 years, tell us, lead them past their fears. All grows in time beyond faith and reason. Would you hide behind the glass till we free our souls at last? There's only dust between you and young and treason For the end is always near Even best friends disappear Changes surely come to be clear Who will you nail to your cross? Who will you blame for your loss? Life's freedom of choice Between love and fear Rob Potter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rob Potter on the Victor of Light Radio Show. This is my second show on the BBS radio station. Once again, I'd like to thank Don and Doug Newsom for their wonderful support and having me on their station here. You can be listening to me on Thursday nights, as you um, may notice now, at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Also, if you are listening on the podcasts, which are posted afterwards, they have a new feature now, which is wonderful, and I'm going to be providing slides and images to be added to the shows after the live show. So if you're listening on podcasts, you can see some interesting images and pictures about some of the things we talk about and probably some just generic pictures of I'll probably have some secret space program pictures and technology and stuff like that. So it'll be very interesting. Uh, I wanted to let you know um, we're going to get right back to Peter Moon uh, here where we left off. Um on our last show. And I might want to add a little thank you here to my sound editor, Chris Spell, who's always done such a wonderful job for me. So without further ado, we're going to go with part two of the Inner Earth, the second tunnel, talking about Peter Moon's book with Radu Sinemar, the pseudonym for a, a gentleman who now is in charge of the Brusigi Complex and Department Zero in Romania. These books, the information is being released. Um, this particular one is released 12 years after the experiences. Again, I recommend you get these books from Peter Moon at Sky Books, uh, Google Peter Moon. You can even get them on Amazon. A tremendous information. And now... Let's get back to the second half of the show. Peter, uh, we're in this ancient uh, building in Yosemite. It was actually built in 1776. And the Native Americans um, have taken Radu and Brad Cesar through the building. And into the back is a special moist area of earth. And uh, they're... Are, there is a the, the, uh, a man, a shaman, and he has a, a special dagger. But more importantly, the uh, traveling uh, guardian, so to speak, is a Native American, a beautiful woman of about 19. And uh, you can take us through uh, what's taking place as they reach this, this circle. Well, exactly. Okay, so... Um... What's important about this adventure and this building, think of this building more as a log cabin than as a building. But we've this series of books talks a lot about technology uh, with a, a lot of incredible e explanations and, and technology details. However, this transition into this dimension, dimensional shift here is by the most simplest of means. There's no technology at all. In fact, Radu was kind of taken aback by it because he's so used to the technology, he's now on unfamiliar ground. 
but um, he's he's going to witness a, a basically they bring out a sword and the translation between dagger and sword in Romania might not be as distinguishing as it is with us but in any case he, he's uh, it's symbolic of a sword when you're using magic it can be a dagger as well but uh, she, she's there, there's going to be tonality invoked and and the movement of a sword and basically he sees the air undulating and a square screen appears of about two meters and it actually creates a distortion and the distortion is such that it, it doesn't have any i guess normal explanation but it, it creates a portal that they literally walk through and I think he takes her by the hand or she takes him by the hand and they go into a whole new um, realm. And from there, they, um, they they go into a, another escape where they look out over a terrace. Uh, they see a, a hollowed out mountain and, and from the room, they see these large stone tiles. And a vast forest, a vast forest, and they see in the facility they're in a lot of strange hieroglyphics, for lack of a better word, dug into the mountain rocks. So there's also two tunnels that extend beyond, and this incredible view uh, that looks lush, the forest with mountains in the background, and they see some buildings. Here, the vegetation was probably the most luxuriant and diverse of any of the places they went to. The trees look somewhat similar to palm trees. Um, they eventually extend to the mountains where it, it gets kind of lost. And here they see an animal for the first time, an inner earth animal. It's a lizard species, somewhat like a monitor lizard. Uh, a little bit like an iguana, you know, so they, they do finally see some animals. Here the sun is whitish blue in color, and this is the first time they get a look at what would be called the central sun or the inner sun, and there's a description of how it it's not really, it's more of a light giving off. They also see a house-like structure on a cliff, um, and they meet a man who is... Um, you know, obviously of, of that place, and, and it's a very old portal. It's considered very, very old. Um, Can you talk about the man, what he looks like? He's a, about two meters tall, black hair, black eyes, and slightly olive skin. Uh, he's dressed in a sort of white frock uh, with a golden belt, and, you know, Redu finds him to... Uh, be charismatic and majestic and he's he's in control and and very much imbalanced so he said that um this man tells them something he says we have arranged for you to come here because in a certain way it is part of a necessary succession of events and he says that there is a specific place in southern Argentina and a person that is a shaman who is waiting for you, meaning Radu and Caesar, at an exact place two weeks from now. It is important, an important meeting and a new journey to the inside of the earth. And of course, Radu is confused when he hears this because, uh, you know, it's kind of like outside forces having effect on you. It's certainly nothing what he was expecting and he's then told that he has to go back and he's a little disappointed because they don't get to explore much but basically the whole it's it's interesting because major cross has them come all this way to figure something out because they can't deal with it they don't know what it is and when they go there it's completely serving them the, the, these the inner earth has their own command and they're saying hey you're going to go to Argentina and go to another place where you're going to 
and this is really all this your trip is here, is they're basically there to tell him where to go in Argentina. The, the Indians take him back, and he they, they meet with Major Cross, and he tells Major Cross basically everything that happened because they're very close and respect each other. They just don't tell him the exact location they're going to. So uh, this is three days after those events. He's back, back at the base in Romania, thinking about the wonderful experiences he had. And he feels like he's a lot more mature and, and acquired a deep intuitive knowledge and understanding. Uh, so he's, he's on his mark. And now he's impatiently waiting for the departure to Argentina and where they're going to meet this mysterious shaman. So um, they do they do depart soon thereafter, within obviously before two weeks, and they go to Buenos Aires. They fly to Buenos Aires, and there they're going to uh, find this desert. They're going to take a rented car or Jeep or whatever it is, and they're going to go to a deserted mountainous locale, and they have a Jeep. Yeah, a Jeep. And there's um they were concerned about about uh getting there because it's very remote south america folks when you get down there it is it's like moonscape landscape and there's nothing around even in bolivia that's relatively populated i mean it's high altitude it's rocks it's cold this is in patagonia patagonia oh patagonia region located in what are called the cerro pinacolo pinaculo mountains uh Cerro Pinaculo, uh, C-E-R-R-O-P-I-N-A-C-U-L-O, mountains in Patagonia, which is the southernmost part of Argentina. And, of course, he says that he can give a precise location because he says revealing these secrets is is not going to give you the exact gate to get inside. Uh, yep. So so it's like he says they, they know that uh, people's, are going to, you know, read this book and go down looking for it. But it's like, don't waste your breath. It's, uh, you're not going to go there. He says, potential daredevils would only see in that desolated zone, an almost arid plateau, a dusty road with an abandoned station and beyond some green fields of vegetation and a circular shape. And he did, he wanted to keep it secret, but, but Caesar says it's, it's okay to reveal it. Um, because it's, it's identify it's impossible to identify without specific guidance. And of course, they're there to meet a shaman who's going to bring them to to it. And it's exactly like um, Robert said. It's like it looks like Martian valleys and hills with rocks and reddish soils. And he does notice a special vibration. And eventually, they'll they'll run into this this shaman who's waiting for them. And the shaman is very, I guess, what you call. Um, sort of quiet, austere, and he's not saying anything. Finally, he said he was not hostile, but he wasn't, you know, really amiable. And, And I guess nothing really happened between the two until Radu spoke to him in Spanish and, uh, the guy just made a short gesture of accepting them and says, follow, basically motions to follow me. And so they start going up this steep slope and they have eventually walking through hills and stones till finally this man and woman appear in front of them and out of an opening in the mountain rock. And this, this couple basically uh, take over from there. And the shaman is, you know, it's no longer playing in, a player in this scenario. So basically, they go into this um, this mountain slope, and they end up going into sort of a door where they, they come out into a, after going through a cavern and whatnot, they end up going through a door where they, they enter into a, a house. And from the house, they go out into this town, and they're in now... I mean, he goes into some description of what happens, and it's it's all kind of interesting and dramatic. But basically, they're they're going to visit this town, and this town is called um, what's the name of the town? It's hard to pronounce. It's a 
um, Utkala, U-T-K-L-A-H-A, Utkala. And this is basically, I wouldn't call it a suburb, but, it, well, kind of a suburb. It's on the outskirts of Shambhala. So here, he got to see a glimmer of Shambhala before. It says this is one of, one of the entrances to Shambhala. And he's going to look from this city, and he's going to look and see the resplendent city of Shambhala in the distance. And, of course, this is a progressive series of uh, changing his vibrational sequency of his DNA. It's not something you just jump into and go into overnight. It's a long process. So as he's, as he's going through in, into the cave, and, you know, he's, he's going to... Uh, pass through this door that I mentioned, he's um, You said it was something like slow motion or what was your interpretation of, of that? When he opens the door handle, it's at a much slower, the, the guy opens the door for him, it's at a much slower pace than would be expected. At the moment when the door is completely closed, he feels as if he's emerged out of a trance-like state and was returning to a normal condition. But what it happens is he's being integrated into this reality of the subtle plane. And he no longer has a connection to the physical plane because his actual cellular structure is outside of the physical plane, as, as he would know it. It's not like the body's staying behind and he's having a dream. It's like it actually leaves. So he's, he's basically saying he had, now has a precise knowledge of the reality around him. So, um, he was he's basically losing his familiarity and and all of all of the laws and specifics of physics that you're tied to in this reality so it's like he's actually leaving that and anybody who's got any common sense knows that if people experience that one of the hardest things is coming back to this reality so you have to have a a conduit a connectivity you just don't abandon one reality for the other because it leads to you know, problems. It's like, you know, driving a car into the wrong uh, environment rather than staying on the road. Well said, so, Peter. I thank you for that. I appreciate that. I thought that was important. Go ahead. Okay. So basically, you know, he's looking at, at this town and it's just, it's the, it's the neat, neatest place he's been to. Um, and he's given a, a lecture on how they eat food and all this sort of things, which is different. But it's um th this is like seeing this city and seeing the beauty of it and the simplicity of it he's also getting a focus on shambhala and this is really the most to me the most essential part of the entire book he says i wild gazed wildly beyond the bay at the splendor of those buildings and the white walls that meant the entrance area into the realm of Shambhala. Being a little closer to that land and having a completely free and clear perspective without the obstruction of the other buildings, I was able to better see some of the features of that sublime realm. The buildings are tall, bright, and transparent, seeming to be made of diamond, imposing with bold shapes and spiral features being dominant. This time, with greater clarity, he could see that behind those majestic buildings were other constructions, but it was as if they were hidden in some kind of halo through which he could not distinguish too well. He asked the guide what the halo is and what it was hiding. And the guide, he's wished that the halo is unique to your own perception. It represents the limit to which your consciousness can understand what it sees. Beyond this limit, it can no longer perceive the vibrational frequency of what is there, and that is why it appears occulted or hidden to you. I, however, clearly see that reality, and so does your friend, meaning Caesar. So he knows that Caesar had been to Shambhala many times in the past, but he's never opened up on the subject or talked to him. And he felt that that was a barrier that he must respect and not talk to Caesar about until it's due time. So basically, he says that there, um, there are few in the city, the guide tells them, who have the capacity of seeing beyond the halo so-called halo. The majority see it just the way Radu does. So he's, he's moving into, a, I guess, a pecking order or, or a uh, uh, you know elimination of who gets to see it. 
It's by reason of your own self-development. So they, they, um, they said that people cross this gulf between their city and Shambhala to receive teachings and spiritual training. He says it's in, like an apprenticeship zone because it, this only signifies the entrance to the realm of Shambhala. There are other entrances. He says, but for, in order to effectively get to Shambhala, you need to be in the region that you see far away covered by a halo. Even though he understood what was being said, it was hard for him to, for Radu to break off his attachments to the physical plane. So he, uh, he says, even if someone were to breach Shambhala, um, you'd end up finding yourself in a forest or a mountain. You're not going to get there if you're not ready to go. <clears throat> it is like a spiritual school, and you have to be able to access the conscious plane of Shambhala and enter the territory. We would like to thank you for listening to the Victory of the Light radio show with Rob Potter on the BBS station. Rob wants to remind you to be sure to check out his website, thepromiserevealed.com. You may also keep updated on Rob's updates on his bio page here at bbsradio.com. Rob has a great archive of information on his site and his e-store has a very wide selection of advanced healing technologies. Please look into the special programmed contact tools called the Journeys to Shambhala Excursions in South America this September. These two journeys are both once-in-a-lifetime experiences enjoying Peru and Bolivia. Machu Picchu and Lake Titicaca, Island of the Sun and Island of the Moon are included, so feel free to come on one or both tours. Rob and the world-famous contactee Luis Mustajo Martens will be your guides. Please don't hesitate to contact Rob through his website for more information. And now, back to the Victory of the Light radio show. It, this is sort of he's laying out a, a, a map, and it's an interdimensional gateway, but it's all built upon your con your consciousness. So th basically, this world of Shambhala is a paradise of consciousness. This is really what it is. It's harmony on the deepest level, and you can equate this to any religion. Uh, pretty much that has nirvana that has eternal heaven or eternal bliss or whatever you want to say it's it's a feeling it's more than a feeling and it's this is a i guess what you'd say connecting to the internal creator you, you could you could i mean you could do this in meditation but because we're we're talking about a set of series and circum series of circumstances. This is like a very, I, I got the best feeling out of reading this chapter and it all made sense to me because I, I personally had my own, uh, I guess what you'd say intuition connecting with this zone. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of it as Shambhala because that's a word that's been bandied about so much, but certainly it, it is a, uh, just a remarkable uh, concept. And here he is. He's told he's very close to the South Pole. And, but that's kind of irrelevant because it's, but anyway, here he is at Shambhala. He gets to see it. He does not get to go there. He gets to, you know, get a precursor of things are, of things to come. And that's kind of the the joy of where where the book ends. We're left kind of now he's made it down to the lower, lower realm of the highest uh, vibration down there, it seems. And uh, beckoning in the distance is this magnificent um, 
city and kind of the uh, place where he went when he was um, where the 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 short journey where the and the other tunnel where he said you're going to see the um, the shaman and all that stuff and but um, when they're down there let's go into the room a little bit in the house it mentioned that the the sun was always bright and there was one of the the daughter of the couple that they met um, and uh, maybe you could share about um, the, the technology of how they uh, have food because that's what my friend said when he was down there he says what they eat is basically he told me that they put their hand underneath a little light that scans them to determine exactly the nutrients they need and it they uh, extract it. It's kind of like this. <laughs> I guess we call it an advanced interdimensional juicer that gives them a juice. Can um, you share about that a little bit? Well, the uh, I mean, the daughter you mentioned is sort of as he's leaving, she just kind of comes in, and uh, you know, it's at the very end of the book, and and uh, you know, she just kind of comes in and greets them. She's not a a critical player of any time of any type. But uh, the the juicer they 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 do have a I guess a counter with the juice man. Uh, the uh, he's saying we extract energetic essence of fruit, which which we then consume. So when they're, they're talking about a fruit, they have a device that is extracting pure subtle energy of each fruit. And, and they have their own special appliances. So basically, it, it looks a little bit like our juicer. It's a sort, it's a tall vertical body with a sort of sphere into which the essence was extracted. Picking up a fruit off the table looked like an apple, bigger and thicker. He puts it in the appliance. He puts it in the appliance. He then makes a movement with his hand, putting it over the sphere. There's a sound, and then he perceives an odor like a strong tea. It's like apple and cinnamon. The man then detaches a small pot-like container from the device and showed me the content, showed him the contents, and it's it looked like semi-liquid. And this is just a pure and energizing element from the fruit. So uh, he keeps the food in a in a niche in the back of the room. Uh, it's kind of nondescriptive, but basically, um, he's been basically taking the energetic essence of a of a of a fruit or something, and this is very akin to the concept of the Chinese chi. You're taking out the life force. They're working on life force, the, the most life force aspects of of the food. So that's that's a little bit about the food. It's about what they say. Yeah. Also, um, you know, Omnek Omnek, um, the woman that came from Venus, again, I referenced Wendell Stevens' uh, book and research on her. Um, she maintained she came from the equivalent on Venus of the new Shambhala, which is the astral plane, a higher dimension where things are kind of a completely different law. And she also mentioned that things were self-illuminated. And I found it interesting that we're in the house uh, and the light was kind of coming from everywhere. But they have a, a certain type of window shade that kind of did something. Maybe you can share about that, that um, because the 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 smoky sun or the, the, the slightly obfuscated blue light that serves that they were able to see there um, – just share a little bit about that. I think that's an interesting tidbit for uh, people to uh, kind of check out. Um, I don't, I don't remember about the window shade. Oh, well, okay. Well, they, they go in the room and they said, well, you know, we don't, you know, we don't really necessarily sleep like you do, but when we do have our rest, we have to pull this window shade down. And this window shade, it's kind of interesting. It's its like it's it, it just basically goes completely over the window. No one can see in, of course. They have privacy, but they can see out. And it kind of adheres to the window. 
Yeah, I've got it right here. He says the technology is more advanced. Uh, they have a sort of window blind that can be dropped, dimming the light. But when that was done, the blinds stick to the surface of the window, even though the window is apparently contains no glass to adhere to. Um, they have light all the time. And this is why they, they have to resort to this period for periods of rest, because there's light all the time. They put this this window shade so they can have darkness. Okay, um, and then I'll just let you wrap it up and any other comments you have or anything else you'd like to share with the audience about uh, this amazing book, which I'm, again, going to tell you, folks, go there right now. You, I mean, if you have to, purchase them on Kindle, but uh, the best way is to get them through Sky Books. Um, this supports Peter uh, better than Amazon or Kindle. In, in any case, um, this these books are a remarkable uh explanation they give so many answers to so many things that have not been known and they're the the books are very coherent and the, the, the neatest thing about one of the neatest features from just a pure literature standpoint is that the books are all so different you pick up transylvania sunrise and you read all about the politics and intrigue about about this chamber beneath the romanian sphinx and then in the in the next book Transylvania Moonrise you get a whole starts off with a lecture on alchemy which is like nothing I'd ever read in my life it's phenomenal and then they go on this mysterious journey to Tibet uh, the third book is about this incredible adventure they take to the beneath the Giza plateau through this uh, tunnel of with all sorts it's very technologically oriented the fourth book the secret parchment is in some ways, it's a really fascinating book because they go into a hidden. Uh, it's it, the book is is a lot about some of the drama taking place and the translation that has to take all the effort that has to go into the translation of the secret parchment that he received from the blue goddess in Transylvania Moonrise, and. The, the, while the contents of the sacred parchment are revealed, which is amazing in itself, there's a lot of stuff that, that happens during that time with a whole antenna structure appearing in Antarctica, which creates a triangulation between um, a moon on Jupiter and an area in Transylvania, which I've been to several times. And, and this area in Transylvania is basically a lot of golden tunnels, and it's there's a lot of rift created with the Americans because they think the Americans are the Romanians are hiding it from. Them. So there's there's a whole story about these incredibly golden tunnels underneath Romania, and they actually do exist. So that's an, an incredible adventure. And then there's the the fifth book inside the Earth, which is probably the most um, expositive expository of all of the books as far as the inner Earth. All of those books were a lead up into the civilizations from the inner earth. And so now we're finding them, uh, there's an abundance of them. And in this, the next book, Forgotten Genesis, is going to recover the, uh, or I guess what you'd say, download and explain the, the, uh, the disks that were found in Egypt. They're going to they're going to do, uh, understand them and decipher them and tell the history of mankind in a, in a, in a new and spectacular way, which uh, should be very exciting. I really can't comment on it because I haven't read it yet. Well, this is wonderful, Peter. Thank you so much for your recap. Um, and uh, there's other stuff in there, folks. Uh, there's a, a, a character named uh, Eleanor. Um, it talks about alchemy. Um, the, he didn't mention that on the way to Tibet in Transylvania Moonrise, there's actually a bilocation portal that takes place with uh, the Repasunde and Brad Cesar. And another little tidbit, the goddess with the blue skin is actually um, a servant of Sita and Ram. We're given information about the importance of Romania in the history and how much of the uh, stories from India actually took place in Romania. She was a servant to the beings we would know as Sita and Ram. And uh, all of this uh, spiritual guidance that we've received is really 
uh, coming together in bits and pieces through these series of metaphysical books. And uh, Peter, it's an honor again to speak with you and to share this information. Um, I know these two shows, we've gone through a lot, and but I hope these folks are interested enough to support you, Radu, and the work and to get this information to the public. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Robert. Well, folks, that was an amazing interview with uh, Peter Moon. Um, as you know, um, he has written those amazing books and Again, I'm just going to have to ask you to check them out. It's very important that we begin to understand the inner earth civilizations and move it beyond myth. And I'm very fortunate in that um, I have contacted Peter Moon. Uh, He's agreed to talk to me. And I'm also very fortunate that I know Louis Mostojo Fernando Martens, my friend from South America, who has been several times to the inner dimensions of the planet. Uh, Louis says not only is it in the interior of the planet, but it's in another dimension. So this is something we should really be researching and looking at. And speaking of Louis Martens, Louis Mostojo Fernando Martens, you can join Louis and I in South America um, for the Peru and Bolivia journey to the new Shambhala um, solar activations. Now, Louis is very famous around the world, mostly in Spanish-speaking countries and Italy. But I'm doing my best to bring him to the English-speaking people of the planet through my tours down there. And several years ago, he called the space family, he calls them the guides of the sky. And he calls the inner earth people, um, the masters. So we have the masters and the guides of the sky. And Louis has had quite a few contacts with both. He's written his fifth book now about the dragon lines where he is sent often on activations. And this is quite uh, an amazing uh, series of encounters. There was a, when he was in England, they created the crop circle of a dragon and uh, the farmer destroyed it several hours after it was created. But the book uh, chronicles Louis' activations along the driving lines, and this has to do with the giant Sintamani stone in South America as well. Louis is a very kind and humble man. He's very gentle. He has no political information. He doesn't talk about disclosure, discoveries. Louis' information is about contact and developing your consciousness. And through the various locations that Louis has been guided to take us on these tours, we are always accompanied by spaceships, literally. And you can see on my website, uh, the posts, and on my Facebook page, Many sightings that I have been with Louis with lights appearing in the sky when we go and do our sky watches. Louis is very similar to James Gilliland in this respect due to his humility and his kindness and his balanced personality. Um, he is allowed to bring people for closer encounters. I have a friend who watched a spaceship land on the mountain of Sahama in South America. There's another two men on a YouTube video that you can check out. These gentlemen actually saw a spaceship land, ran up the hill, and actually met a being that was there. Some of his other encounters, beings have been, a young boy was beamed up inside a spaceship for one hour and returned to the group later. Um, and Louis had some amazing experiences. And one of my tendencies is, is to give the biggest highlights of my contactee friends. And it's because that's what I'm learning. And what I've realized is that people 
many people, not all of you, but are not ready for this information. I sound uh, very excited when I talk about it, and I it kind of sounds like a an infomercial about things, and especially with uh, the guest coming up in my next series of shows, Raymond Keller. He has such amazing experiences too. So um, I'm changing my style of delivery things for you now, folks. And I just want you to realize that um, there's a lot of wonderful things taking place on the planet. There's a lot of progress being made behind the scenes. There are new ley lines and new energetics being uh, literally changing the, let's call them the, the acupuncture lines or the ley lines of planet Earth are being recalibrated and new energy centers are uh, reawakening uh, from their ancient locations. And there's also um, old energy centers are changing as well. This is affecting the consciousness on the physical plane. So I'd like you to think about those trips to uh, Peru and Bolivia. You can go on one or both journeys. If you go on both journeys, I am offering a $400 discount off the price. If you would like to go on one journey, if you're a member of my newsletter on thepromisereveal.com, you can send me a message, tell me you'd like to go, and you can receive a $200 discount on one journey. Both journeys are approximately six days. So we're going to be going to Machu Picchu, Oyotumbo, the Circles of Mornay, uh, Cusco, uh, the ancient temple complexes down there. Um, six full days of amazing um, locations. And Machu Picchu is really the, uh, let's call it the apex of the Peru journey. You take a wonderful train ride up in the mountains, and then you uh, catch a bus, get up to the top there, and then uh, it's it's quite a little hike up there. It's pretty steep, but it is magnificent. And all along these journeys in Peru, Louis is very special. He has the true history of what's taken place in these locations. So even the guides that are assigned to us. Uh, sit back in awe and listen to Louis about what really was taking place in these locations. So you'll hear the true history and the story of these ancient uh, locations. And the history, real briefly, is that beneath um, Lake Titicaca, where we go on the second tour in Bolivia, there is a temple complex under there, and there is something called the Golden Disk of the Sun. Rob will be appearing in Irvine, California at the Atrium Hotel next to John Wayne Airport October 4th to 6th. Rob will be speaking there at the Portal to Ascension Conference. You see this information on the promisevealed.com website or go to theascensionconference.com to see the schedule and details. Keep an eye out on the Promise Revealed because soon Rob will be launching his new line of plating jewellery called the Nuclear Receptor and the Andromedan jewellery called the Holographic Projector. Rob would also appeal to your generosity to help the children at the Sadala Orphanage in Tanzania, Africa. If you will click on the image on the left-hand sidebar titled Sadala Orphanage, on the Promise Revealed homepage, you can see how the children need your help. And now, back to the Victory of the Light Radio Show. And Louis has written a book, and you can also look on my website. It's called Secret of the Andes. And um, you can email me, and I'll send you that book for free. And it talks about the ancient 
history of the golden disk of the sun. It was once kept in the Maria. At the time of the sinking of the Maria, it was brought to South America. And Louis tells us where it went. It actually went to Egypt. It went to it went to Atlantis and Egypt and various other locations. And it now resides beneath Lake Titicaca. And this is one of the places where we will go. And in Peru, um, many, many years ago, uh, two people, a man and a woman, came out from the inner earth and they made their way across the surface to Peru. And they educated the people in stonework to make all of the, the roads of the Incas. They also educated them in agriculture, which is a location known as the Circles of Mornay. That was a giant agricultural um, a genetics laboratory where they grew over 800 different types of potatoes and many other interesting facts about these civilizations, their relationship to Venus and to Lemuria. So uh, you can see in the photo section, as you go to my website, The Promise Revealed, and look at the banners and look at the itineraries and information, um, you know, people have held the the alien skulls and taking photos with them and lots of wonderful things. Um, but we'll be going to Louis's property on Lake Titicaca for a large conference of worldwide followers of Louis who will be doing a, a three day workshop on, uh, the wisdom of the masters inside the mountain. And we'll be developing and, talking about conscious management of energy and meditation, prayer, invocation, and mantras. And they're quite spectacular journeys. Then we go to the Island of the Sun and the Island of the Moon, where we will visit the external retreats of the Inner Earth Great White Brotherhood. And you will be able to have an initiation on the island of the sun. The island of the moon is where the women monastery once resided. And now the island of the sun is where the male monastery resided. Louis' property is actually located on another retreat that was even older than the island of the sun. And uh, just a lot of amazing stuff there. And that's uh, the conferences in South America. And you also know I'm going to be appearing in uh, Bolivia. Or I'm sorry, appearing in Irvine in October 4th through the 6th. And I'm going to be bringing my new pyramid systems down there. Lots of great stuff happening um, this fall. And by the time this show comes out, you might want to check out if you're living near Michigan. On my website, I'll be traveling to uh, to Michigan um, for the uh, 26th, 27th, and 28th. I will be um, south of Grand Rapids in Allegan, Michigan at uh, the Saqqara uh, pyramid uh, conference with Mary Hardy. This is uh, a campout situation. If you like, you can also rent hotel rooms, but it's a four day event. It's only $50 for all four days. So we're going to have a, a group of speakers. It's kind of a camp out. They have a couple venues. I'll be sharing and launching the new uh, jewelry line from Dr. Fred Bell and uh, the gift from the Pleiadian Semyasi to Dr. Bell, as well as the more advanced version of this technology known as the Andromedan Holographic Projector. And you can also look for that on my website in the near future. So that's kind of a 
a little update on my infomercial and what's going on. I'm here in Mount Shasta, and I'm really excited to be with BBS. They have quite a few new features that I'm hopefully going to be able to take advantage of in the near future. And if we get a little extra money, I'm hoping to um, do some live podcasts or, or live shows with them. They cost a little bit more, but for now we're doing pre-recorded shows. And I have one last appeal to you all. I've been talking with a gentleman, actually texting with a gentleman in Tanzania. The Sadala Orphanage is run by a friend of mine, Christopher Kala. I've been able to help him myself financially a little bit, and I've also been able to um, have people uh, contact him and to be able to support him a little bit. He has 30 children that he's taken in, and um, he's always needing money for food. In fact, he's quite desperate now. He does not even have any money on his phone on a data plan to be able to contact me. Please click on my homepage of The Promise Revealed. It says Sadala Orphanage on the right-hand side. There's a little picture of children in Tanzania, Africa. You can contact him through his email. And he can't Skype with you now, but um, he can Skype with you and show you the children. He, he's built a – through the years, people have donated, and he's built a little love um, place there. I think they have about seven or eight rooms. The kids sleep together. Uh, they have no electricity. They have a one hose that only runs part-time. Otherwise, they have to carry water. And he just told me they're very desperate. So if anyone can find it in your hearts to help these children um, by contacting Chris, and if you want to contact me, I can answer any questions. I'm not involved in touching or taking any of the money. So that is a wonderful and worthy cause there in Tanzania. So, folks, I'd like you to, to keep tuned into the radio show. I'm going to be releasing a lot of articles for my next guest, Raymond Keller, my friend who got to live on Venus for three and a half months. I've been learning a tremendous amount about ascension and various other subjects from Raymond. He is just a wonderful heartfelt man in his books, The Venus Rising Trilogy, um, which you can purchase on Amazon, are really great books. I'd like to say a couple other things here in regards to the current state of affairs, um, and that will be coming in a separate show that I'll be doing on my own, and I'll be bringing up quite a few subjects. I might be rocking a few boats a little bit in regards to certain things. When people talk about the seven sisters and the Pleiades, um, there are only seven, seven planets that are visible from here in the Pleiades. But my friend Raymond has informed me, and, and of course the astronomers know, um, there are many other planets in the Pleiades system. In fact, there's 250 suns in the Pleiades system um, there. Um, from the galactic central sun, including Sirius and the Pleiades, there is a radial arm of the galaxy that we're part of. So our, our radial arm extends from Sirius and the Pleiades all the way out. Now, just because someone is in the central race or near the galactic central sun does not mean they are more advanced. Raymond has made this very clear. The Pleiades, actually, the beings from Era, where Semyasi is from, actually came originally from Aldebaran, and they've had some interactions with them. And not all extraterrestrial races are super advanced. Many of them are struggling like us and going through their third dimensional phase of growth and learning. And there's a lot of negativity on a lot of worlds. This is part of the growth and the process of normal planets. So 
if you follow what I'm going to be sharing here in these next few months, you're going to be learning a lot more uh, about what's really taking place in the galaxy. And this is not for us to look at in a sensationless way, like a newspaper to read what's going on, but it's to give us a perspective upon our own situation. So always use discernment. There are a lot of supposed experts out there, and they all have certain very good information and a lot of information from their own personalities, which they have their own viewpoints, their own apperception, so to speak. So like when a, an ethno uh, musicologist goes somewhere to study the history of somewhere, he has to divorce himself from his cultural prejudices to look at uh, the society. And that really must take place when we're looking at other worlds. There's a lot of values and different things that we can't begin to judge. Now, most of the, the spacefaring worlds are very peaceful and harmonious. They all have different cultures. They all have different relationships with one another. And we're reaching the phase where we might become members of the Galactic Confederation or the Alliance, but we're going to have to develop our planet a lot better. Uh, as far as our societal infrastructure, we're going to have to remove criminal elements within our world's political uh, infrastructure. We're going to have to change our economic system. And we're going to have to change our education system. And we're going to have to stop making war on each other. And that is one thing that I can tell you that um, is very important. We have to stop hurting each other. It's pretty crazy. There's so much uh, polarization taking place in the media now. People are going pretty crazy. A lot of people are buying into uh, that things are going to get better, <laughs> and I believe they will. Uh, but I don't think they're going to get better very soon. We have a long way to go. And unfortunately, it will probably come as uh, our systems break down that we will find something new. I uh, will be talking about this in the near future, but um, I found out information. Cobra's understanding of the event and things is his own viewpoint. It doesn't come directly from the inner earth or the Pleiadians. He has had real contacts, but much of his information is his his own interpretation. He's very well-meaning. Uh, he has a, a lot of good ideas, but um, um, I'm going to be sharing some other information. Uh, it's not against Cobra, but it, it will be different. So keep your eyes on an open sky. You never know what may be coming down. <laughs> but um, be aware that our real mission is to find peace and calm in our hearts. And the contactees that I enjoy the most, Dr. Frank Stranges, friend of Valiant Thor's, um, Fred Bell, Louis Martins, Raymond Teller, and Omnic Omnic. The Venusian contacts are very open and loving and friendly people. Cobra's got a little bit of uh, fear going on. You know, he and I'm not really um, involved in believing that he needs to keep his identity secret. If you want to buy his video or his, uh, you know, sound file CD on his website, you can hear his real voice. Um, I think that it's important people use discernment in uh, the information that they take in and don't polarize yourself. There's Corey camps, there's Cobra camps or David Wilcock camps. You know, everyone's seems to want to defend fighting for things that, uh, they can't really own. <laughs> so keep an open mind 
and develop your consciousness and start to develop yourself into a more spiritual relationship. Um, and we'll be talking about that in the future. So thanks for listening uh, for the second show. And our next shows are going to be with Dr. Raymond Andrew Keller III, also known as Cosmic Ray, by uh, the Venusian Queen, who is his friend. He got to live there for three and a half months. And again, folks, um, this stuff is so far out there. Um, but I've uh, done a lot of vetting and a lot of uh, questions and answers. And I think you're going to find some very positive information coming out of the Victory of Light radio show. So thank you very much for listening and get ready for next week uh, conversations with Raymond Keller. Victory to the light and always feel free to reach out to me through the contact on my website. If you have any questions, thank you very much.